0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adamonas solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Friday afternoon as we get close to the baseball. Less than three weeks, the regular season kicks off for most teams. March 20th, series in Japan between the Mariners and the A's. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at aron 88 And you can get all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. It's not too late to become a member today. Let us help you dominate for fantasy baseball. I'm updating my rankings consistently. Finished number two. According to Fantasy Pros last year in the Fantasy Baseball Draft Accuracy Rankings for 2018. So if you want access to those rankings, become a member today at ScoutFantasySports.com. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. I am updating the rankings constantly. Went through some updates earlier today. We'll continue to do so through the weekend. So make sure that you wait until your draft is set to start to print out the latest rankings because if you do it today and your drafts next week, there's going to be changes. Uh, so make sure that you have the latest uh, access to the rankings. Uh, I know next week will be a big draft weekend. uh and it will be for myself as well. So you can get access to those rankings. My preseason pro picks are up a sleeper bust for each offensive uh, spot in the American and national league, as well as pitching and a stash and cash player. So, you can get access to that now. Dr. Roto's picks are up, as well as Sean Child's, which were just released today. His preseason pro picks definitely a couple of bold ones in there, which I like. You know, even when I go through mine, I can't go too low. You got to be a little bit bold here. Uh, So, I know I was last year as well. So, you can see Sean Child's. We have player projections and a scout scores cheat sheet, AL and NL only auction value. Someone was asking. Me about that the other day. Uh, I have my tout wars team review up on the site as well. Uh, and you just can click on the fantasy baseball draft kit when you go to the homepage and you could see everything we have in de- de- in depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, Dr. Roto's teams in a nutshell. I have a lot of player profiles looking at players that change teams and what it means for their fantasy value. So I think it really is difficult to find. A better baseball draft kit out there, especially when you consider all the accomplishments that we've had in uh, a lot of different leagues. Uh, You got a lot of good minds here. So uh, make sure you check us out today and uh, hop on board, man, because we'll put you in a position to be a contender for sure. Can't guarantee that you'll win your league uh, because no one's guaranteed, but we can put you in a position to help your league. So Again, we got different draft recaps. Uh, Dr. Otto recaps the FSTA league he was in. I got a recap of uh, Scout 44. You can still hop in now too. Play FFWC.com to playffwc.com uh, to beat Sean Childs leagues are up there. My Tout Wars draft recap, our preseason pro picks, uh, different strategies, uh, fab blind bidding strategies. So it's just a ton of great content out there. So make sure you check it out today in addition to scoutdfs.com. Got you covered for NBA, NHL, PGA, NASCAR, MMA, and, of course, MLB upcoming, including optimizers and Slack chat leading up to lineup block. Uh, we will have Rudy Gamble of Razzball coming up in the next segment to talk our mixed league tout or draft. He picked number one. I picked number two. We'll see if I snaked him at all. I uh, definitely took a couple guys I wanted. Uh, so we'll break it down and talk with him and see how his team made out. A couple of quick news items for baseball. Jimmy Nelson will make his debut in the spring on Monday. He threw a two inning simulated game yesterday and was fine today. He is definitely a guy that I'm paying attention to. I have not taken him in drafts. I almost took him in the great fantasy baseball invitational, but I was just a little concerned that he wasn't ready to go yet. He was sensational two years ago. Obviously the missed time is somewhat of a concern. I think he was throwing 90-91, which is not bad. So Definitely someone I would consider in the reserve rounds of a draft for sure, but he's someone that I really want to see uh, next week and maybe another start leading up to some of my other drafts. Uh, Also, uh, it looks like Shohei Ohtani will play some light catch on Friday. Uh, He hasn't done anything since the TJ surgery, and yeah, not a guy that I'm taking. I think he's better in daily formats because you have the ability to figure out when he's in and out of the lineup. If you're in a weekly league, it's going to be a problem. Someone... We haven't talked about it in a few weeks. I mentioned him a week ago. Marcelo Azuna. He's coming off shoulder surgery and on his right shoulder, and he's been throwing a little bit, but he hasn't played in a game yet, and I feel like no one's really talking about that enough. They're saying he could play left field as soon as Monday. I've been dropping him down my rankings. I haven't taken him. I have seen in some drafts we fall fallen to be a value. It's a little bit of a concern. It doesn't sound like he's going to miss the start of the season. But I've had to push him down the draft board just a little bit uh, because of this shoulder issue Uh, for sure. It looks like Carlos Martinez is still about a week away from throwing, and clearly I don't think he's going to be ready for opening day. He's really falling down from draft boards, but I understand the trepidation Uh, He's not someone that I'm looking to draft, and uh, I'm going to double-check my rankings. I might have to push him down a little further uh, because it's just too much of a risk for me. Uh looks like Andrew Heaney is going to start today for the Angels. That's really good news. He was scratched from his last outing due to inflammation in his left elbow. So sometimes it happens this time in spring, and it turns out to be nothing. Uh, And obviously people are hoping that's the case with a guy like Luis Severino, but it looks like Heaney is someone that is safe to draft for now. Or maybe you want to see how he goes through the start today to make sure he comes out okay or has good velocity or doesn't get hammered. Uh, in the game today. So those are some of the items that have uh, stood out here in the news today. I was also looking at some uh, velocity increases on some pitchers uh, and the de- decreases as well. But remember, it is early in the spring, and it does take sometimes uh, some time for pitchers to ramp up. So keep that in mind. Uh, I want to touch a little bit upon my Tout worst team, some of the later picks as I was uh, doing in the previous segment, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what I was thinking. But uh, this is uh, Tout Wars Uh, 15-team league, 5-by-5 Roto League with on-base percentage. Uh, And I had the number two pick. So I started off Wookie Betts, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Carrasco, Yasiel Puig, Daniel Murphy, Eddie Rosario, Roberto Osuna, Matt Olson, and Luis Castillo and Cole Hamill. So those were the first 10 rounds. Round 11, uh, I took my first catcher, Wilson Contreras. And I really don't have a set plan for catchers going into a draft. I would clearly like to get someone like Contreras or Ramos or Grandal, and Grandal's good in OBP, and obviously it was reflected here because he went a little bit earlier. He went in round eight. It's a little bit early for me to get my first catcher. Uh, 15-team league, I'll start to think it, around oh, 11, round 12, if it's the right spot. So went with Contreras, and he obviously had a bad year last year. Uh, but even if he's just a little bit better than last year and slightly below two years ago when he had a good year, we'll be fine. And he's good and on base percentage leagues and it's a good lineup. So I just hope that he can hit the ball a little bit harder, uh, rely le- and, and have less ground balls because that was a couple issues for him last year. But it's a good lineup. So went with him. And in some leagues, I don't come away with a good number one catcher. And if the, if that does happen, I'm going to wait and you know I'll try and get one OK one. But we know the the drop-off is pretty severe uh, after, you know, the top seven or so. And obviously the position took a hit with Salvador Perez being out for the season. Eric Hosmer in round 12, uh, first time I've gotten a share of him. Uh, Obviously last year going over, making a ton of money. I think there was definitely some pressure on him. We know Petco Park's not the greatest ballpark, but I like what the Padres have done with this lineup. The addition of Manny Machado. I think we could see Fernando Tatis pretty early. But uh, things are are shaping up well, and I don't need much power from Hosmer anyway. I mean, if he gave me 15 to 20, great. But I'm looking for good counting stats, maybe five to seven steals and a good OBP. And I think he'll be better. We see a lot of players go to a new team, get paid a ton of money, and I think it's just natural to put pressure on yourself. He signed an eight-year, $144 million deal, and of course you put pressure on yourself to kind of justify it. So we did see it, the strikeout rate. Was uh, the highest of his career at 21%. Uh, two years ago, he had a 385 OBP, and uh, the career mark is 339. So, uh, this is just a pick for the corner infield spot where I don't even need something outstanding. Uh, if he could get back to 22 homers, 80, 85 RBIs, that will be fine for the spot where I took him. Uh, Domingo Santana in round 13. Uh, He's been severely undervalued in drafts for most of the season. I think I remember getting him in round 17, round 18, just a couple months back. And I know it has nothing to do with his spring. I know he's been crushing it this spring. I think he has four home runs. But this is a guy that two years ago just put up 30 homers and 15 steals. And I understand the ballpark is not the same. He did that in Milwaukee. Now he's in Seattle. But I think he will play every day. I know they got Jay Bruce that they might use in the outfield, but they probably will use Bruce more. I think it's some DH and first base. And I know they have Encarnacion who might get dealt, with Ryan Healy, but I gotta think Santana plays every day. And the fact that he knows, okay, I'm going to the ballpark, I'm in the lineup, it just eases the mind a lot. Once they got Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich last year in Milwaukee, it just it hurt Santana. And you gotta think that you know the confidence was was shot and. When he did get in there, he wasn't great, got sent to the minor leagues. But uh, we saw in 2016, 77 games, 11 homers, 32 RBIs, 345 OBP. And then that 2017 season was outstanding. He had a 371 OBP. He does strike out a lot, so keep that in mind in points leagues where you lose a point for a K. But he also walks a lot. So here's a guy that I'm going to get a good OBP and power and some steals. So even if he doesn't get 30 home runs, we're talking round 13. So, you know, this is the case, too, where this is a good example of forget ADP because I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, wow, why would you take him so early? You could have gotten him there. No, you can't. You don't know that. And especially in this league where I saw players get pushed up the board and draft real early, right away, this room was telling you, I don't care about ADP. I'm taking the guy I want. I mean, Victor Robles went in round four. You could have probably gotten him round six, round seven. I think he went round six in my Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, which was a really tough league. I mean, forget about ADP there. There were no values. But this room was telling you, forget the ADP. I'm taking whoever I want. And you have to make sure you are aware that early on, and especially when we get to the double-digit rounds, who cares? If you like the guy, don't sit there and say, yeah, I can wait another round or two. Because when you do that, it often doesn't happen. So, uh, I felt like I got to take Santana here. There's no way he's making it back. And I really think that could be a big pick uh, at the end of the season. I could look back and say, wow, that was one of the staples of my team. Another example, Fernando Tatis Jr. He went in round 13. That's as early as I've seen him go. And it is risky because there's a potential we don't see him till June. There's a potential we don't see him till August or September. Who knows? It's a lot to depend on the Padres, where they are what they want to do with the service time, but he clearly has looked really good this spring. Uh, he's actually going to miss some some time here. Nothing major, just uh, I think wisdom teeth or something being pulled, so he's out a few days. But uh, that's a guy that I, I think in this league you could have gotten him later. But, again, the room was uh, clearly saying we're going to take our guys. So uh, it's an example. Just kind of read the room early on in the draft You can get an idea. But you never want to lose out on your players, especially in the double-digit rounds. Uh, for a round or two, so just take the guy, and I felt like I had to take Santana there because i didn't think he would make it back and I have him ranked pretty highly compared to most people uh he's definitely an outlier for me, and you could check those rankings on uh, ScoutFantasySports.com. Jake Arietta, I talked about a little bit round fourteen uh I was not in on Ariad about two months ago because I looked at the second half. I'm like, this is not right. What's going on? The numbers really dipped, and you start to wonder if there was injury or something. Turns out it was, and it wasn't an arm or elbow related. He had a torn meniscus that he was pitching through. And, you know, a lot of players will make excuses. Uh, I think this was legit. You could just go back and look at the numbers. Uh, the second half was bad, and the last nine starts were bad. So uh, he clearly didn't say anything and tried to pitch through it, and uh, it didn't work. Uh, his last outing in the spring the other day. He retired every batter he faced over three innings, which, again, not changing my mind. The fact that he's on a good team, uh, will get offensive run support, and I still think there's something less. And it's round 14. It's not like I'm taking this guy around seven or eight. It's round 14. Nate Uvalde in round 15 looked really good last year. Obviously, I'm not expecting a ton of innings, but I think when we get into this range of pitchers, uh, you don't expect 180 at this point. The game has just shifted and changed. Uh, Austin Meadows in round 16. I was actually surprised he went this late. He's gone earlier in a lot of the other drafts that I've done. So I'm not sure why this room was not too optimistic on Meadows. Uh, But he was impressive last year when he came up with the Pirates and then finished the year with Tampa. He's only 23 years old. And we didn't see a lot of power in the minor leagues. And then all of a sudden he came to the majors. And we saw a little pop. Not a ton, but we saw something. And we saw him last year at AAA too uh, with the Rays. Uh, hit 10 home runs. He's got some speed as well. He had six homers, five steals, and 59 games at the major league level last year. Uh, Would like to see him. I mean, there's a small sample in the major leagues. There's only 59 games. But he did show the ability to take a walk in the minor league. So hopefully that happens. Yes, there's a chance he might sit against some left-handed pitching. We know the Rays like to employ their platoons. But this is a guy that definitely does have some upside. And to get him in round 16, I was pretty happy with that. Colin McHugh in round 17. McHugh's a guy that I like this year. We know that the Astros do a really good job with pitchers coming over to their team, and McHugh has been with this team for several years now, and we do have a sample of McHugh as a starter. I mean, it was in 2015, he threw 200 innings, so the one concern is how many innings does he throw this year, because he threw 72 and a third out of the bullpen last year in the postseason, so because he's done it before and he's a veteran and they'll stretch him out, I think he can get to 150. It looks like he's going to be in the rotation to start the year. Obviously, you can't expect the strikeouts that we saw last year to continue. It's a lot different pitching out of the bullpen where you're throwing one, two innings, the days off to really ramp it up. He had a 33.2% strikeout rate rate last year. I don't expect that as a starter, but I do think he can have a strikeout per inning. Uh, And he had success as a starter before, Uh, With the Astros, it's a good team and uh, good defense behind him. So, uh, like McHugh in that spot, I think he has a a pretty good year. And I was – a lot of people in the room were like, oh, nice pick with McHugh. I was hoping he would slip, fly under the radar because he was dealing with a back issue. I think he might start this weekend, so wasn't really too concerned about it. And then Marco Gonzalez in round 18. So, four pitchers in five rounds there in that draft which was part of the plan since I didn't take too many pitchers early on. And Marco Gonzalez was really good last year. Did wear down a little bit in the second half, but that might have been a product of not pitching deep into the season for a while because he had some injuries. When we return, I'll be joined by Rudy Gamble of Rasbowl. He had the number one pick. He's the defending champion in Tout Wars. We're going to talk about his team. That is ahead right here at Escall Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here it is, Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Make sure you check me out, scoutfantasysports.com, where you can find all types of great content to help prepare you for your fantasy baseball draft because it is the season right now. Obviously, a lot of big drafts coming up this weekend, next weekend, and even possibly the weekend after that as uh, some people are not really worried about the games on March 20th in Japan. But we got preseason pro picks out today from Sean Childs, one of the top high-stakes players around. You can see his selections for sleepers and busts across the leagues for offensive and pitching, stash and cash players. Mine are out as well. Dr. Roto's, they're all there, part of the draft kit. Use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two months. My rankings are there as well, updated consistently. Um So make sure you print out the latest uh, version um, to make sure it's uh, up to date before you take it to your draft because I am updating them, you know, throughout the day at various times. So make sure that you have the latest version uh, because there will be continuous updates. Of course, uh, I got my Tout Wars draft recap review. That is up on the site as well. In addition to a lot of articles where take a look at free agents and what it means for the value as they change teams, so we have so much content, different strategies, uh, auction values, uh, consensus rankings, uh, plenty of different things that you can find on your uh, that you can find uh, on the site as well. And if you have any specific questions, you can ask them on the message board in the forum anytime you want. You'll get an answer from either myself, Sean, or Doc, maybe all of us. So. A lot of great content there in addition to ScoutDFS.com. So make sure you check us out today and VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. So they had some NHL and college basketball picks up last night. So uh, you can check it out uh, anytime you want on the site. So uh, make sure you come join us today uh, because uh, we uh, will help you win. I can tell you that. We can't guarantee it, but a lot of guys that have had success – Obviously, Sean is a uh, NFBC Hall of Famer, plays in a lot of high stakes leagues. And obviously, I've had a lot of success uh, as well. I also play in the NFBC, was in the NFBC auction last year, will be again this year. So uh, definitely uh, make sure you check us out uh, and we'll help you win. Uh, So we'll take a look uh, a little bit more at this uh, Tout Wars draft that I was referring to. Uh, Again, the draft is only a piece of the puzzle, and, you know, a lot of people like to judge the draft, and it's only one part of the season, you know, just because, you know, the draft might not look good, uh, and things change. I actually like my draft. I think it turned out pretty well, but I know that there's going to be a lot of work to be done because— I look back on teams from previous seasons and you know, the uh, the, tr- the team looks a lot different because we all know there are going to be surprises and, um, uh, so there are going to be surprises and things are not going to pan out that you want us to have. So, uh, you gotta be prepared to change things. And, some players are going to disappoint others are going to get hurt and you got to make changes. So a lot of people are quick to judge a draft and say, Oh, this team has no pitching. Cause that's been one of the criticisms with uh, all my teams. Uh, even last year uh, they told me, um, Oh, you don't have enough pitching and it didn't turn out to be true. And I also picked up guys off the waiver wire. So, that's what, what changes during the season. So maybe the pitching staff doesn't look great now, and a couple guys don't pan out. But like last year, you know, Garrett Cole in round seven obviously was a, a big get. Then you had a guy like Jameson Tyron who got in the WDU rounds. Then you had a guy like Kevin Gossman who disappointed. So uh, it's always a work in progress. And I don't think you'll ever look at someone's team after a draft in a competitive league and be like, yeah, this is um, a dominant team. Uh, and I don't think you'll look at any of these teams here and say, there's a dominant team. You might see three or four teams that stand out and say, yeah, these guys have the best chances to win, but you know, I think last year overall, they thought the team was good. And, uh, I know that, uh, you know, in the end though, uh, the team turned out well. It was- and joining me now, it is Rudy Gamble from com. Rudy, what's up? What's up, man? always oh, ready
1: good. for Royal Rumble 5?
0: Yeah, I know, man. I mean, probably the rest of the league is sick of us, and they probably want to knock us off badly, but hey, the last four years, it has been pretty much me and you down to the wire, and last year, you won again, second straight year, uh, getting an impressive 124 points. I was three points shy, and obviously this year, we're picking back-to-back, so... Uh, you had the one pick. I had the two pick. Uh, I see that you just posted a review on com. I didn't get a chance to read yet because I've been on air, but I will uh, always in- intrigued with your write-ups and uh, your very good baseball mind. It's a lot of respect. You know, like we want to beat each other's brains in, and obviously you are going for a 3 and I'm trying to get back on top, but, you know, it's great competition and definitely uh, respect what you do. It's
1: It uh, feels mutual there.
0: Well, obviously, you had Mike Trout with the first pick. My first question I wanted to ask you, I was stunned that Francisco Lindor fell to me because I had no idea he would be there. It wasn't part of the plan. I thought he'd be long gone. You know, great fantasy baseball invitational. I, I had picked 12, and Lindor went pick 13 to Clay Link, who won the overall championship last year. So all the leagues I've seen, he's either gone late first round or early second. I was stunned Lindor was there at 29. I took him. If I passed on him, would you have taken him?
1: I mean, I'll admit, I, I think I was, I was a bit blanking on it. Um, I was surprised and a little disappointed that he fell that far. Because, yeah, bet's Lindor start is pretty filthy. Um, if you just, just, you know, assuming, you know, all goes well with the calf. Um, so I'm not sure I would have. I mean, I, I definitely had a pitcher. So the question is, do I go Soto or Lindor? And I'll be, I have Soto ahead of him. Um, but it was partially with a strategy that I just, I wanted to just crush on base in the first, first six, seven rounds on my hitters, um, save for one and just have like ultimate flexibility, pretty much rest of season and rest of draft. Uh, Uh, so Soto, I have, so Soto's, you know, on base. I, I had him as fourth best on OBP and trout, as you know, is lapping the field. So. I probably go Soto there, but no arguments on Lindor.
0: So you were intent on taking a pitcher, though you wouldn't have went Soto and Lindor. You would have taken at least one pitcher, correct?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. The uh, it, it's I mean I am I, um, you know maybe if it went crazy and uh, Bauer and Carrasco were both off the board, so I know you I, uh, I know you were you were thinking on Bauer.
0: Oh, I wanted Bauer. Um, that, that see, that's the thing. If Lindor wasn't going to be there, that's probably who I go. I probably go with Bauer. If Lindor wasn't there, yeah, you
1: would have got Lindor. Yeah, you would have oh, had Bauer and Lindor. Damn it! See, um, I I'd tell you otherwise, and I would have had Carrasco. Right. Um. Because I because I had a uh, yeah, it was pretty much. I mean, that, the great thing about hit picking one or two is the first three rounds are just so easy. I mean, you could say that was a tough. But, I mean, when, you have to, when you're like, oh, no, I, I instead of getting Bauer, I got Carrasco. That's much different than if you go – we go three-hitter, and that's not uncommon for you. Um, less common for me, but you've gone from – you've gone hitter, hitter, hitter before. Yes. Um, from this slot. So, this year, I just don't like the pitchers that – you know, once you get done with the third round, you have Corbin, who I – it's fine. And then – I don't know who I'm taking at the 4-5 slot, but this was the first year in, I mean, the last three years, I took two pitchers in the first five, and this was the year I was like, I just didn't like anyone at the 4-5 slot, so where maybe in a different year, I'd double up there if I really like the hitters. This year, um, yeah, I skipped it and just got more uh, pitchers you know, in the next tier.
0: Talking to Ruby Gamble, com, going over Tout ors team. He's a defending champ, two-time defending champ. Pick one in this. I picked two. Uh, round four or five, you went to Eugenio Suarez, who I, I thought about, like him a lot, uh, and Gary Sanchez. Uh, Gary Sanchez wasn't someone I was considering. How do you Is this part of your catcher plan this year? Is you want to get uh, one elite one if you can? What, did it just work out that he was the best player on the board? What was your thinking here in taking Gary Sanchez to begin round
1: five? Yeah, I, I'm definitely not uh, about elite catchers. So I think uh, my first catcher in labor was at 19. Um, I might have gotten Sanchez in TGFBI. Um, so off to check on that. I forgot, but uh, Sanchez I think is unique. OBP, he's more uh, attractive because he does have a plus walk rate. So his OBP similar to Gallo. I'd kind of so I've, I went Gallo there last year. And I like it because you know I think he's undervalued. You're getting the plus power. You're getting good counting stats, and uh, the OBP is not as bad as average. But it's tough. Yeah, know, I had gone two outfielders. I could play Gallo at first, but um, I looked at him and like, I do I think Sanchez is not that far from Gallo. He is. I like Gallo better, but Sanchez wasn't that far that the catch. The fact he was catcher just uh, I decided to go with it. The value there, I think, is there. Um, but, yes, it's very rare for me to go uh, premium my catcher.
0: You mentioned Gallo. I wanted him in round six. He was two picks away. I was like, I know. oh, I was just waiting for him. I'm like, he's going to make it back because – You're right. In this league, it's way better. You don't have to deal with the average, the OBP, the power. He would have been a really nice fit, and I was just like, I cannot believe he went two picks before. So uh, that round, you wound up going Andrew McCutcheon, who I wrote about a month or two ago that I thought he was kind of undervalued. You know, the veterans sometimes don't get the love. Obviously, we know he gets a boost in OBP league, and clearly I think now people are starting to talk about him a little bit more because Bryce Harper's there. Uh, there's potentially could hit lead off or two, maybe fifth. Who knows what Gabe Kapler's is going to do. But McCutcheon has always been a good OBP guy and kind of helps across the board. I think some people might be surprised you took him so early. But was this just a, a jump because of the boost he gives you an OBP?
1: It was. I mean, I think ADP is tougher here because you've got the on-base percentage. You don't know how people are going to draft. Um, I did think there has, you yeah, know, I think – I have have McCutcheon as a top 50 player in in this format. Um, And, yeah, I I think if you look at the team at that point in the strategy, you're starting with a Trout who, you know, that's obviously just a gift. Um, So I feel like I'm starting, like, in dollar value, a couple bucks easy ahead of everyone. Um, But um, the next guys, I mean, Soto, McCutcheon, Suarez, um, you can put even Gary Sanchez aside or include him there. It's just across the board are minus stolen base contributions. So I was just racking it up there. And that was part of the plan. Um, And it's primarily, if you look at that draft slot, you're not getting the speed plays. I like the speed plays. And you're not getting speed plays, evidently, if you draft with Tim McLeod. Oh, my goodness, right? (laughs) I was like, wait, look at the speed he has. Mondesi,
0: Robles, Peraza, all in the first seven rounds.
1: I thought, I thought we were dealing with, like, you know, Whitney – with um, Whitey Herzog or uh, maybe, you know, uh, the, the Royals GM, Dayton Moore. Because, yeah, he – so he went aggressive on it. But even in a regular setup and you look at it, speed just – the speed is just going and later um, further down the draft from the, the one and two slots. And you're also dealing with the fact that those speed guys, you generally have bad OBP. Um, like a Mondesi, who I took in the third round, or no, I took early fourth in uh, labor. I have him as like a fifth round guy, and not a guy I really want because his on um, base is even worse than his average. Um, you know, Gordon, M- Malik Smith, maybe not as much, but a lot of the speed guys have bad OBP. So it was one where, as I was looking, I'm like, I'm going to probably go ten rounds. Um, I just want to be strong everywhere, really strong in OT and uh, yeah, and I was able to get there.
0: Talking to Rudy Gamble of Rasball.com, I guess there was some criticism on social media of your pitching. It happened to me last year too. Someone was like, oh, look at your pitch coming out of the draft. I'm like, don't worry, I'll figure it out. Would you say that is your biggest concern coming out of the draft or do you think it, the pitching is better than people think?
1: Well, I mean, the criticism, I mean, criticism I've seen is kind of varied and it hasn't been overly critical. And, and I mean, I listen to the, the telecast and basically as long as you say I'm back-to-back champion, it's like, you could say whatever else you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Point to the scoreboard, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that people say it's like, you know, that you're just like, Oh, whatever you want to say, um, go ahead. But, uh, yeah, point to the scoreboard is a nice one. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I th- I think overall I think really feel really good on the volume of pitchers. Feel feel really good on um strikeouts and walks. Or I'm sorry, it's not walks, strikeouts and wins. Um feel good on saves, based on bulk, but yeah, I think I'm a, I'm gonna be hurting a little bit on ratios. You know, someone like a Bauer doesn't Bauer's fine on ratios, but Robbie Ray you're really going for Ks there, or I was at least. And I, I wasn't fully able to balance it out. So, uh, But I think there's also criticism. I went 14 pitchers, and uh, that I don't get. Um, I, I I like having a, a mostly pitcher bench, and that let, lets me play the matchups, get more two-start weeks, get more – just basically have your second-tier, third-tier starters on the bench when they have a bad matchup.
0: Certainly, yeah, I I agree with that, too. I don't even realize how many pictures I took. I'd have to count that up. But uh, were there any players that I sniped that you really wanted?
1: Oh, the Olsen at eight was rough.
0: Oh, I mean, I might have... I was praying he fell. I was, like, just nervous, like, please fall, please fall.
1: And I would have taken... And, I I mean, it would have been hard to pass up on Gallo. I mean, Gallo McCutcheon would have been a tough tough one. But I I probably would have... I would have just been mad. Like I was mad when Kirby Yates came back to in the eighth, ninth round when I took hand at seven one. But I but uh no Olson and then I was gonna take Hosmer but not happy about it. So I can't really be worth, so I can't really be mad at you for taking yeah. Hosmer. It was like maybe you might have just fell on the grenade. But Olson hurt. And I mean, and yeah, Pwig I thought Pwig I liked. I mean, it was just about every all your picks. I was just like, if I didn't if he didn't snipe me, it was like, yep. <laughs> he was he was like option two or three.
0: Yeah, I like a lot of the guys you took too. As I mentioned, Bauer Suarez, I considered. Uh, I liked uh, Maeda uh, a lot. P- 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 Polanco, who I had last year in this league, so uh, and Frazier was a nice pick too in round twenty. And Goodrum, I wanted Goodrum and DiScalvani, so. Uh, and those are a late pick. But, Rudy, always good talking to you. We'll definitely talk again soon. And uh, good luck this year once again.
1: Yeah, same to you. All
0: right, All right. again, Rudy Gamble, find him, He just posted his recap of tau Wars on the site. When we return, I'll wrap it up taking a look at the night. Nice Back here, Adam Ronis, Scout Fantasy Sports here in the 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Again, find me, scoutfantasysports.com. Updated rankings, preseason pro picks. Sean Childs, uh, one of the best high-stakes players around. His picks are out today. Mine are up. Dr. Odo's are up. And my Tout Wars draft recap. Tons of great content. You can check it out for yourself today. Look at the draft kit rundown. You're going to be like, Damn. I want all this content because I want to win. So use the promo code BATS50 get 50% off your first two months. Also, play FFWC.com to get in a draft today. And it is draft, and that's it. Just set your lineup each week, so time's running down. So hop in there today if you want to get in right before the deadline. Let's take a look at the night in the NBA. Only two games on the slate yesterday, but we have a much – Healthier slate today. It starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. Dallas is in Orlando to take on the Magic. Magic favored by seven. Vegas total is 213. So, not one of the more appealing games on the slate as far as the total in this one. And Dallas, obviously, a team that is uh, out of it. They've uh, been very up and down recently, uh, but not uh, a great target on the slate for me tonight uh obviously Luka Doncic has been playing very well but he is priced up here 98 on Vandal 93 on DK so I'm not going to use him I understand if people want to use him in tournaments but again the projected total is pretty low here I don't think it'll be great pace either I expect a low scoring game the one guy who is intriguing is Dwight Powell has played very well, but man, the price on Fandle, seventy four hundred sixty seven on DK, it's a little expensive for me. And again, he's been playing very well, but the magic have been pretty good against centers. So I think this might be a time to, to go away from Powell. I think he was cheaper on Yahoo. I was looking at it last night. I forgot offhand. I did, I think he's he was twenty the other day. I'm sure he probably went up a little bit. So. Uh, have to double check, and Yahoo is a site where I typically like to use two centers. The scoring system is similar to FanDuel, where the blocks are key. So a guy like Miles Turner had a big game last night. Jalen Brunson might be the only guy I would consider, and it's on DK because he is starting and he is 3,700. So he just doesn't have much upside at all. That's the only issue. So more of a cash game play than tournament. For the Magic, Terrence Ross is probable. The Magic were on a roll, and they've lost two games in a row. So they're still battling for the playoffs. They're currently out of it. So I guess the biggest concern here is, you know, can the Mavericks keep the game close? So Nikola Vucevic always in play. More on DK, 9,200 there, 10-1 on FanDuel. Aaron Gordon, as I mentioned all the time, is more of a tournament play just because he has a low floor, but they're is a high ceiling there and he's very inconsistent, but we've seen it lately. I've actually used him a couple times recently. Uh, he has been playing big minutes. So I think they're going to have to push him here as they make this playoff push and he should get a lot of minutes and this is a good matchup. So I think I would consider Gordon in tournaments. Uh, Ross is a, a tournament play. If you use multiple lineups, he's capable when he gets going with his shot, if he's hot, you know, he can light it up. Um, but you could see just look at the game log, how erratic and inconsistent he is. And it looks like he will play 47 on DK five on FanDuel. So again, that's probably not one of the more appealing games on the slate tonight. Uh, the next one is a little bit more appealing because we got the wizards in Charlotte to take on the Hornets who have been really struggling lately. This game, 7 PM Eastern, the Hornets are favored by four and a half and the Vegas totals two thirty-four and a half. So the wizards have been playing better and more competitive lately. Um, Uh, They're actually only three games out of the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. So this is a a pretty uh, important game for them. Uh, Bradley Beal certainly is in play. Just been crushing it lately. 95 on DK, 10-5 on Fandle. So obviously the price is more appealing on DK. Um, And Trevor Ariza is okay. Um, Bobby Bortis has the upside, but the minutes are a concern. And Jabari Parker is always someone to consider in tournaments. You just worry about the minutes. Uh, they're kind of erratic, but if he gets you 28 minutes, he's always capable of putting up a decent game. But you don't know uh, if those minutes are going to be there. So pretty much Beal is the main target in this game. For the Hornets, who have now are 3-7 and seven in the last 10 and have fallen off a playoff spot after losing to Miami the other night, uh, as those teams came in tied, uh, Hornets are much better at home, and uh, they need a win here. So Kemba Walker is definitely going play tonight. The price has dropped on DK, too, 8100 So really like him. He's got a good matchup. Wizards have struggled against guards. So Kemba Walker is a good play. Nicholas Batum, I've been talking about him a lot more the last couple of weeks. He's a guy that generally did not play most of the year, but the minutes are there. And again, this is another team that's fighting for a plus spot, so they're going to push some of their starters a little bit longer. You could see the starters play, you know, 36, 37, 38 minutes, and that's great for fantasy, and especially in a friendly matchup here. So Batum's 55 on DK, 63 on FanDuel. Jeremy Lamb, I've been mentioning, he's been coming off the bench, so uh, he's still producing, though. He's been playing like 30-plus minutes off the bench, so... I think he's in a, a good spot as well, and he did not have a good game last time out, but that was a tougher matchup against the Heat, so you might get him at lower ownership, but in tournaments, I wouldn't. you don't need to use him in cash. 56 DK, 66 on FanDuel. Uh, Frank Kamitsky has been playing very well lately, uh, playing you know, in the mid-20 minutes off the bench and producing, and he's still cheap, and uh, Wizards, again, not good against big men. He is uh, 39 on DK, 44 on FanDuel, so... You can take a look at him. And Cody Zeller has a good matchup, too. Uh, again, the Wizards front court not great, not good against rebounding. So Zeller's in play, not a core target, but you can look at him in a tournament, 53 on DK, 57 on FanDuel. So some good plays there for the Hornets in the game. Tonight, Detroit's in Chicago to take on the Bulls, 8 p.m. Eastern. Pistons have been playing very good basketball. They're favored by four. The Vegas totals two 18 and a half. Uh Looks like Luke Kennard is probably... At the Pistons. So all of a sudden, the Pistons are sixth in the Eastern Conference. Who would have thought that like two months ago? So uh, the Bulls have actually been playing pretty good lately. Uh, they had their win against the Sixers the other night. Cost me a three team parlay. I had the Sixers on the money line to complete it. Uh, so that was a tough loss for me. But for the Pistons, uh, Andre Drummond's been. Uh, crushing it lately, and he's got a good matchup here, especially on DK. 8,800, get him in. Um, fan, I think on Yahoo, he's 44, but I'm probably still going to play him. He's 10 on FanDuel, so definitely more appealing on DraftKings. Uh, Blake Griffin, I'm not using tonight. 86 on DK, 85 on FanDuel. He had a good matchup last time out and kind of flopped, and he could come through, but he is a little pricey, and um, I prefer Drummond in this, so Drummond's really my only target. I know Reggie Jackson's been playing well, and It's just, uh, Ish Smith is back and playing some minutes. So you never get the 34, 35 minutes you want. He is cheap, but I am not going to play him, uh, for the bulls. Uh, looks like Otto Porter is a good play for me. Uh, he's been playing very well lately. And, uh, look at the price on DK at 61, a little more expensive on Fandle at 74, not as enamored with him there. And of course, Zach Levine, who had 39 points the other night, uh, is definitely someone you could look at in a tournament. Uh, it is a tougher matchup here. Uh, you know, with Philly, it was a more high-paced game. Um, Robin Lopez has played very well. Uh, fifty-two on DK, fifty on Fandle, but don't love him tonight. Uh, just think there's better options. And uh same thing with marketing. His price is up a little bit. Chris Dunn is 49 on DK. Mm, not too bad. He's been playing better lately. So Maybe he's someone you can consider, but not someone that I'm looking as a core target on tonight's slate. Utah is in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. 8 p.m. Eastern Jazz favored by four and a half. The Vegas totals two, ten and a half for the Jazz. Uh Dante XMR Nito still out. Ricky Rubio is doubtful. So that's something to keep an eye on. And it looks like he probably won't play. What does that mean? That means Donovan Mitchell. We'll play some point guard, so you can look to him in tournaments. He's 84 on DK, 89 on Fanduel. I might, I might play him in cash. I mean, it's not. He's going against Mike Conley, so it's not the greatest matchup. I think it also helps a guy like Joe Ingles because Ingles will run the point a little bit more. He's 58 on DK, 62 on Fanduel. Obviously, I don't, I don't know if you want to have too much Utah because this is uh, a slower pace game for them. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert is in play as well. He's been playing very well lately, and the price on DK is very appealing at 8000 He easily should be able to 5-6X that. He's 98 on FanDuel, uh, so not as uh, appealing there. So those would be the guys that I use for Utah. For the Grizzlies, Avery Bradley is probable, and the Grizzlies have uh, you know played some good basketball lately. They have a couple of surprising wins. Uh, they beat Portland the other night, so... Mike Conley, you know, they've kind of put his minutes down recently, but he did blow up uh, the last game. So I would consider him 73 on DK, 84 on FanDuel. Uh, Avery Bradley is another guy that we have seen really produce, and I don't think many people are going to play him. He's 47 on DK, 61 on FanDuel. So not on FanDuel, but on DK, I think he is in play and probably won't get high ownership. So if you need to go somewhere in that price range, uh, he could potentially fit your build. The Raptors are in New Orleans tonight to take on the Pelicans. The Raptors are favored by six and a half. I think early this morning, I saw, or last night, the spread was even lower. I saw like four and I was ready to hop on that. But then when I check later today, it has risen over under in this game is two thirty and a half uh, for the um, Pelicans. Uh, Well, I'll start with the Raptors here. Uh, The Raptors, I like Kawhi Leonard tonight, but he has a pricey. 89 on DK, 96 on FanDuel. That's if he even plays. I think Pascal Siakam has a good matchup, but he is 7,000 on DK, 75 on FanDuel. And, of course, we got to see who's starting uh, to determine who's the better play. Obviously, if Gasol starts, you like him better. Uh, They've kind of been switching that uh, back and forth. So, I like Siakam in tournaments. Uh, Leonard, the key is, can this game stay close? My guess is he does play. We really haven't seen anything on that yet for the Pelicans. Drew Holiday is out. He's going to miss seven to 10 days. Each one is out. And Jaleel Okafor is questionable. And the Pelicans have been playing well. Uh, and they've been putting up points, even with Anthony Davis only playing 20 minutes a night and potentially sitting out, you know, they've done a nice job. So obviously with Drew Holiday out, Alfred Payton gets a bump here, or he should. Not the best matchup against Kyle Lowry, but Peyton is 5 on DK, 63 on Fandle, so I think you got to like that. Anthony Davis, 66 on DK, 74 on Fandle, and again, he plays 20 minutes. He can still produce. Uh, I have not used him uh, even with that, but he has been putting up big fantasy points. Uh, Julius Randle, I've liked pretty much every day in tournaments. He is priced up, uh, 82 on DK, 9 on Fandle. But uh, he can definitely get the job done. And then you're going to have a lot of the cheap guys potentially you know, play bigger roles because of Moore and Drew Holiday uh, being out. We've seen Ken Rich Williams have some good games this year. He's 4 on DK, 52 on Fandle. I don't think I'm going to Fred Jackson. I mean, he's 32 on DK, 37 on Fandle. So maybe as you're, maybe on Fandle because you can potentially have him as your lowest drop score. There's potential there. Uh, but I want to kind of see how the rotation plays out. Uh, with uh, those guys out of the mix. Cleveland's in Miami to take on the Heat, 8 p.m. Eastern. The Heat are favored in this game by 8.5. Vegas totals 213. Uh, Tristan Thompson is still out. Anthony Zizek is questionable, so that's something to keep an eye on here. It's not a great matchup against Miami. Kevin Love has been really good, even with the minutes limit. He played uh, about 32 minutes on the last game, I believe, against the Nets, and he was very good. Uh, the price is up, but you can consider him in tournaments. 78 on DK, 86 on FanDuel. Uh, Seti Osman I like in tournaments. I know he had a bad game against the Nets the other night. He's 53 on DK, 58 on FanDuel. And Jordan Clarkson would be the other guy I look at in tournaments. 52 on DK, 5 on FanDuel. For Miami, Goran Dragic is questionable. Uh, if Dragic is out, I would take a look at Winslow at 62 on DK, 64 on FanDuel. And Dwayne Wade, 54 on DK, 62 on FanDuel. And Kelly O'Linick continues to play very well, uh, even with Hassan Whiteside back. Uh, definitely there's some risk there, but he does have the the upside. Uh, 58 on DK, 64 on FanDuel. Whiteside's coming off the bench. He's had some big games, though, lately, 40-plus points. Like, if I had a lot of lineups, I would get Whiteside in one or two. Uh, but still, it is concerning. He plays 20 minutes. Uh and, but he has produced in the time he's been on the court, 64 and DK74 on Fandle. So, to me, that's more of a play if you uh, have a lot of lineups and uh, maybe you get exposure to him in one or two. Sixers taking on the Rockets tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Rockets favored by 7.5. Vegas totals, 232. Joel Embiid is out again. And Ben Simmons is questionable. I don't think he participated in a shoot-around today because of an illness. So, obviously, if he plays, you like Simmons. Uh, If he doesn't, then clearly uh, Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler get big boosts. So uh, we're kind of waiting on the Simmons news. Hopefully we get it before the lineups that lock at tip off at 7 p.m. Uh, So this is a situation that you have to monitor to figure out who to play with because you definitely want to probably have some Sixers, uh, and Simmons would be probably the top play if he goes. For the Rockets, Kenneth Farid is out. Iman uh, Iman Shumpert listed as questionable. Harden's prices come down a little bit, 11 on DK, 12 on FanDuel. So, uh, I think you can certainly use him if Simmons plays. Uh, I Yeah, worry about a blowout if Simmons is not in there. That's the only thing. So, uh, Harden certainly in play tonight. And uh, probably that's about it. Maybe Eric Gordon, five on DK, but uh, don't tend to use him in uh, Capella. Uh has a good matchup here, especially with the the centers. Uh, no Embiid, no Bobon. So, uh, I think Capella is in play at 67 on DK. I uh, like that price there and 75 on FanDuel because the matchup is good. Final game of the night, the Thunder take on the Clippers 10.30 p.m. Actually, the second. There's two games left. Thunder Clippers 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Clippers favored by two. Vegas total 236.5. Thunder are coming off an overtime game last night in Portland where they won. So you do worry about that, especially a guy like Paul George, who's a little banged up, coming off a shoulder injury. So those guys are always in play. Uh, for the Clippers, fighting for a playoff spot, uh, like Pat Beverly, Lou Williams I always like in tournaments, in Montreal. Harrell as well. Harrell and Williams are always tournament plays for me. I think Beverly is cheap enough on DK to use them in cash at 5400 And the final game of the night, the one that people are going to watch, it is Denver at Golden State. Warriors favored by 6.5. Vegas total is 234. Uh, for the Nuggets, you know, they're healthy. A lot of guys are back. Gary Harris played well. He's four thousand on DK, forty eight in FanDuel. Yeah, I like him in this matchup. Nikola Jokic always in play. Ten one on DK, ten nine on FanDuel. I do like Jamal Murray in tournaments as well, and even Will Barton in tournaments. Klay Thompson is playing. Uh, from what I saw, I think he said he's gonna play. He will return tonight. So that makes it tough with the Warriors because, you know, when they're all healthy, they kind of spread it around. So I really don't love anyone. They're always in play, but I just feel like there are better spend-up spots. Uh, Cousins is not bad, 76 and DK87 on Vandal. So, look, they're all capable of blowing up. So you can consider uh, Curry, Durant, Cousins, and Thompson in tournaments uh, for sure. This should be uh, the last time we saw the Warriors play Denver. I think they scored 50 in the first quarter, so should be a statement game for them. So, that wraps it up here. Again, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Sign up for our fantasy baseball draft kit. Use the promo code bats to get 50% off your first two months. Hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll be back Monday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.